welcome back to House Lights. This is your one-stop shop for everything you need to hear about this week in the world of entertainment. As always, my name is Liz Noss, and I am joined today by admin reporter and former culture desker, Alex Walters. Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be back on the show. Of course. Um, so today we're going to talk about Succession, because it came back last night for season four. Super exciting. And um, I specifically tweeted at you this one tweet where I was like, this is the Super Bowl for the most annoying people that you'll ever meet. It does attract a crowd, a certain, you know. Yeah, and I'm proud to be crowd. a part of it. Um, Are you proud? Well, proud it is the best word. But, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm a big fan, and big sometimes fan. I'm even annoying about it. So I, like, yeah. It is my Super Bowl, too. I was really excited for it. I, was really, I made, like, a whole little board of snacks for it. You saw it. Yeah. It was a big, it was a it was a big, event. big time show coming back on the HBO. Absolutely. Yeah, and it was a great one. Great return. So, yeah. Um, when did you first get in the show? Because I was going to say I just finished season three because I got into the show kind of late. I started it uh, a couple years ago, like two years ago, I think, when like season three was about to start airing. But I actually, I watched like the first couple episodes, which if you're a fan of the show, it's like um, the baseball game, the hospital episode. Right. Uh, and then stopped because it starts really, really slow, and I was so not. Slow. And then I came back to it like a year later, and then once I got through, once you get to like episode six, I think the first season, which is six. Um, that's really long. That's for the some one people. where they have the first board meeting where like okay. um, Kendall tries to take over. Once I got to that, I was like, finish it really quickly. Yeah. But getting there, I felt like it took forever because it does start real slow. I did almost um, stop watching after the second episode at the hospital because yeah. that is super slow. That episode is just But like one long. of my favorite, and we'll get into this later, but one of my favorite episodes is the charity ball that yeah. Connor does. And I think that's like episode four well, or three and I really love that. So I was like, Early okay, episodes, like I did not like the first time around. I, I was like, I didn't really get what people were talking about with the show. But then recently I rewatched it, the whole thing, yeah. and I found some of those, even like the hospital episode that I hated the first time I watched it becoming like some of my favorites because um, once you like kind of know the characters better yeah. I appreciate those episodes more because they were so like they're written so clearly from the beginning with such intention that it's not like that like serialized TV show that you're used to where it's just right. like things kind of change over time like it's like you go back and watch the first episode and second episode and it's so clear like that this is like very intentionally crafted right they're setting up everything in like a way that it's gonna all yeah. come back later yeah because I'm trying to think of like I don't think there's a plot point that was ever thrown away with any of the characters. Yeah. Well, I guess other like, than um, Marsha. Well, yeah. But I feel like I... Okay, last night we talked about that I wanted Marsha to come back. And then on the episode, they were like, um, she's shopping in Milan forever. Yeah. And I was like, that well, kind of sucks. I liked where they... Because in season one, they were setting up this very like mysterious thing with her, which yeah. I thought was like kind of cheesy, but I'm just into it because I like a mystery. Right. Um, but then, and I guess that that plotline was more for Shiv than it was for anybody else. Like That's it was just true. to show us that Shiv is like so awful. Um, so but true. I mean, like they all are. Um, but particularly that one, because the beginning you're not really sure. Like with Shiv, you feel like maybe yeah. you can trust her a little bit, and then with that Marsha stuff, you kind of realize like this is just another one of them. Um, yeah. But so, and I like the resolution she gets to in season three with like the not the divorce from Logan, but they orchestrate that whole like set. Uh, agreement where she gets like a uh, certain cut for being quiet and not like. Oh yeah, um, I guess she. And yeah. the way that Logan turns on her so quickly is such like a showing. Um, yeah. I don't know. So I love that episode. That's like the one I think before the wedding. Yeah, and we were talking about like see, like Shiv. I think season one Shiv, like I really liked her. I was like, okay, she's yeah. the one I'm gonna root for. And then like as like time continued, I was like, I hate Shiv. 
so really? much. You yeah. liked her in season one? Season one, I was like, well, you know, I'm a really big fan of Gone Girls, so, like, kind of crazy girl bosses don't really, like make me nervous or anything like i'm like okay i'm here for them but then she just ended up being kind of a terrible person i almost, as time I, I goes like on i even maybe liked her better in season two because at least she was being honest about how awful yeah, she was whereas true. in season one she has that whole ridiculous act with like working for um what is it gus or greg yeah. or what is it the politician's name the poli- um oh my Evis. gosh yeah greg yeah. evis yeah. um where, like, she has this whole act working for him and, like, how she's so, like, different than the rest of her family. And it was all just, like, felt so false from the beginning that I yeah. almost appreciated when she was just, like, I actually am, like, a terrible person. Like, you don't have to, I don't have to pretend anymore. Yeah, uh, but obviously then you're also, like, well, she's a terrible person, so. Yeah. But they all are. And that's the joy of the show, you know? Yeah. Those, um, it's, like, not as funny Always Sunny in Philadelphia because all those characters are also terrible people. I have I've never... <sighs> I think you'd it. like it, really? actually. It's not yeah. a long one. There's like a lot of. I mean, there's a lot of episodes, but like honestly, you can just like pick around. Like I don't think I've ever watched like one full season of Always Sunny. Mm. Like I just sort of jump around and I like look at the description of the episodes and I'm like, oh yeah, this one sounds funny. I feel like Succession, and for those uh, for the you know the one person who hasn't seen it who still listens, I don't know. Right? Yeah, I don't think be. people. Would but if you are, it's listen. like it's you know it's a um, a very wealthy guy who's kind of modeled on like Rupert Murdoch in a way, but there's also okay. elements of like Gannett with like the print publications. Um, who's like a media guy, you know, and he's very wealthy, but he actually he wasn't born into that. Uh, and the inciting incident in the first episode is him having sort of like a health crisis, and so his three children that are all like. At different in different ways involved in the business start vying to like take over for him but instead of like I mean I thought you know when you watch the first episode you're like oh he's gonna die and then it's like this right. very kind of like predictable and thing I have but the he survives yeah and they're so awful that even when he's alive they still are like gunning to like see who's gonna yeah. take over and like he very much is still I mean he's all of season one he's kind of recovering but he's like um, he's hardcore well I had the theory that I think that they maybe in the pilot tried to actually kill him off and then they were like, wait, I think that it'd be oh, really? more interesting if they just, if we kept him. And then the entire show was them trying to get rid of him. Yeah. Like, I, don't, I, I mean, like I, it's, it's interesting like what the initial intention was before it got picked up by HBO. Because it yeah. wasn't, I don't think they got a season order right off the bat. I think it was like they yeah. developed that pilot. And I think Adam McKay actually directed it, which is funny because he's, I think, not as involved anymore. But no. um, but no, uh, yeah, they're vying to take over the company. And so there's a lot of like... Uh, People stabbing each other. Yeah, that would have been a good like beginning for it. But you know, mistakes were made, and we're this far. And you know what? It's house lights. I mean, were they like wanting like a really structured? It's not a professional podcast. podcast. No, not the nineteen oh nine. No, but that's a good one. If you want a better one, you should probably go listen to the nineteen oh nine. Yeah, transistor slash state news. I don't know if that's actually how you get there. It's on the site. Um. Anyways, let's talk about what we thought of the first episode of season four. Yeah, so they're yeah, back. They're back, and they're better than ever. They're well. Well, no, the siblings not. actually might be better than ever. They actually had like a really interesting dynamic where it kind of yeah. reminds you of like. There's only a few times. This is like the first time I feel like, other than obviously the end of last season, where you see them like together. Mm-hmm. You know, other than what like season one um, at like the hospital, but they're kind of with everybody. I think the only time that they're yeah. like alone together really is like the boat at the end of season one at the wedding yeah uh when they all go well, out and, and then like they're at kendall's at the start of season three yeah i actually forgot about that when yeah. they all uh, that that's such and a, that's great, a episode. great episode yeah. yeah i was just about to say that's a great episode because you get to see them all like talk about it and like 
I don't know, strategize. And I feel like we haven't seen that in literally a full season now. Yeah, and so see, so you pick up with them um, starting the hundred, their new sort of <laughs> whatever media that brand. means. They're like so New Yorker to me means too, because there's just so I feel like uh, since like the Twitter takeover in the fall, yeah. there's been like ten different things. Like I think the biggest one is like post news that comes along. Where, like, it's some news service that's like, we're just going to fix the whole, like, news internet thing. It's going to be the most incredible thing. And everyone's going to read it. And they all have that same vague premise of, like, it's news for people who just care about it. And it's it's just little little bites of information and, you know, just the the tastiest nuggets. And, like, the way that Succession satirizes is that is one of my favorite things. Yeah, no, because, like, in season one, they talk about that, I think, with, like, Volter. They're, like, little tiny bites of news. And then it's kind of funny to see them, like try and create that in this episode but then they completely throw it away because they're like actually we're gonna buy Pierce immediately as soon as there's like a, a yeah. way to be competitive with their dad they buy like some sort of old media brand like right. Pierce which, which I think is supposed to be you know like the times or like a, like yeah. a historic like reputable media brand unlike uh, ACN right right and I was thinking like <laughs> it's kind of funny because they bought Pierce now like it was no big deal but that was like a like a huge plot point and like yeah what season two? Uh, I think that was yes, season two. and that's yeah. one of the best episodes too. Is when they go to they the go Pierce, to the Pierce's, and it's yeah. like one of my favorite Seinfeld episodes when they see like Bizarro World with like Jerry and George, and they all have their equivalents, and that's they so kind true. of see like this like mirror image of like the Roy family with like the Pierce family, yeah, and how like on the surface they're very much like very different, and just like politically and the way they interact, but then like you see that they also like kind of break down in their own way. Oh, um, yeah. But I thought, but yeah, the Pierce funny. thing was great seeing that come back. And yeah, like but I thought it was funny because it was literally resolved in one episode. That yeah, they're like, you know what? We are gonna let you buy us. Well, but like, it was like a whole thing. Like, and Logan kind of sums it up too. I like when they call him at the end to gloat, and then yeah. he just kind of like, it, I mean, it should take the air out of them, but it doesn't because they don't understand. No. But like, he says like, you know, congratulations on saying the biggest number, um, and like that hilarious conversation with their like advisor guy. What is it? T. T. Um, Telly. And just like, at, like, can we raise that? And he's like, yeah, I don't know. Maybe. And then they're just like, let's go in there and tell her we're going to give her $10 billion. Yeah. Um, and then, like, it's nothing to them. It's so funny. And then, okay, so one of the, like, main things that I wanted from this episode was Tom and Greg being silly. <laughs> and we got it. There's we so much it. great Tom and Greg. And I've always loved, like, the whole Tom and Greg thing from the beginning. They're best. They have some of the best scenes. And seeing them together as the Disgusting Brothers... Um, I hate that they have a name for each other though now. It was so great. And seeing (laughs) that, like, it's just like the way that they've paired them up with the siblings who obviously have that hilarious dynamic. But then this just like odd grouping of Logan and Greg and Tom. um, And then like all the other old heads. Yeah, and all of the, you know, Hugo and Frank and Jerry and all the like, and Carl, um, who Carl actually had like some funny stuff. I thought so too, which I don't, we don't normally see stuff from Carl that like actually makes me laugh. Yeah, just seeing them all like together in these groupings, I think, is really because each season they kind of set up the field differently with like who is aligned with who. I guess at the beginning yeah. of season one, it's not super clear yet, and then Kendall kind of pulls away after the whole Frank deal. But um, right, but yeah, so I don't know. I like these pairings. I'm excited for the season. Do you have any predictions for what's going to happen next? I do have predictions. Um, so first of all, with the whole Tom Greg thing, let's talk about that really quick. Because there's, like, a whole, like, part of this fan base that is, like, Tom and Greg are going to end up together. Yeah. What do you think about that? 
You know, I don't know if they would actually. I mean, obviously, it's been foreshadowed from the yeah. beginning. There's just so much tension between the, the first two of them. episode. He's like, um, "Will you kiss me, Greg?" Yeah, that, <laughs> and that's one of my. F- they're literally the first interaction on the baseball field yeah. with like the way that he's teasing him and like. Um, it's the first time I think Tom says something that's not like super basic. Yeah, and just walks up to Greg and says, "Will you kiss me?" Greg really just lets him come out of his shell and be who he wants to be. But so um, true. But no, and there's such like a. Just the, the spark in Tom's eyes when he sees Greg. <laughs> Unlike, you know, that great scene when he sees Shiv at the end and they finally, like, um, interact. and Yeah. That was so great, too, seeing that. And I'm excited for it. They've been teasing, like, the trailers, the big fight between them right. whenever that would happen. Um, and I like how Shiv being herself is, like, literally won't even let them talk about it because I think she knows. Yeah. You know, she might be in the wrong there. But, right. Um, well, there was, like, the super sad scene at the end of this first episode yeah. between Tom and Shiv. And, like, even though I don't like them together and Shiv has screwed him over so many times and, like, Tom has also screwed her over. But I feel like that was, like... Okay, wait. I wanted to ask you, like, do you think that he's justified? Because some people are, like, all she did was cheat on him. That's not true. No. She has screwed him over time and time and time again and not She was cared ready him. for him to go to jail. Yeah, like, no. Why? She like, was gonna, yeah. I, I did but see But I saw people so, on I Twitter saw, like, like I don't care that she cheated. I don't care that Shiv did anything because I like her. Yeah, no, and I saw some, like, one of the reviews saying that they felt like it, like, uh, made Tom too, like, sympathetic yeah. in this episode or whatever. And, like, that's the whole, like, like, she was so awful for three seasons. Yeah. And, like, I like how at the end of... Both of the first two seasons, he, like, attempts to confront it. Like, the way that he talks to her about the Nate thing at the wedding before he goes and confronts yeah. Nate. Uh, end of season two on the boat when they have their little expedition to the beach. And he tells her, you know, how – oh, what does he say? I think it's that, like, the he wonders if the unhappiness he would feel without her would be less than the unhappiness he feels right. with her. That line – It's so great. That whole it's scene so on good. the beach. But yeah. then at the end of season three, he finally does something and, right. like, you know – betrays her with Logan and so like I, I think Tom's justified in what he does yeah. obviously he's also like kind of a reprehensible person well they but, all um, are but yeah like in comparison to Shiv at least and yeah. I don't here's the thing I don't want all of his scenes to be like with the old heads though cause like I feel like that sort of took away from his character last night but then I was like okay but he's still with Greg so I'll allow it yeah no I you think know? I think it struck a nice balance with Tom like I like the way they developed him yeah, um, and like I, at the first two episodes, he's very, like a first season, um, like going back there. I don't know if like you would, ex- I didn't expect him to become like such a pivotal part of it. No, and, like he was very much like in this comic relief role of like, and also kind of like a proxy for the audience a little bit. And like at that yeah. point, he wasn't so used to this like incredible wealth that they just take for granted. Um, well, but I, so at this yeah. point, now him being this, like, central figure and also fully ingrained in it is so different than, like, how we started. And I think it kind of foreshadowed it with him always being, like, the Midwestern boy yeah. that, like, kind of, like, didn't grow up, like, with a bunch of wealth and he, like, grew into this. And also, like, season one, they spend the whole time acting like he's just, like, this side character to Shiv. And then in season two, he actually starts to, like, show how smart he is. And I don't know. That's just made me, and, like, we'll get into it later, but, like... He's, like, my number one character for that purpose. I don't know. Yeah. I, I just like the way that he's developed. So, Because, like, part of what's kind of, like, nice about the show is the characters that – not nice, but, like, what I think makes it interesting is the characters that are just so stubborn and stagnant. Like, yeah. Logan, who is just – I mean, I guess, what, this week we got the first, like, moment of, like, real vulnerability when he's having dinner with the security guard. 
Yeah. And you start, you get like a little bit of a peek into like what makes him the way that he, I guess you get a little bit of that when he goes home to uh, Skyline. But, um, right. But no, like Logan and uh, Kendall are so stagnant, like the way that they are and what they'll do. And so Tom being like opposed to them actually like changing so much from the beginning of this part is kind of satisfying to watch, like the way it moves around. Yeah. And talking about Kendall, because I feel like the episode didn't have a lot of Kendall moments, but it did show that like, the old Kendall with his little yeah. bomber jacket and his like hat and like glasses is back and like he's ready to be just a terrible businessman again. Well, and there's something he's I, so silly. I don't even know like and you know I know this makes for great radio, but I don't know how to describe it. But there's <laughs> just something about him that like I as much as you just despise him and everything that he does, for some weird reason I keep finding myself like rooting for him to just like I don't win in do some way. Really. I, well, I don't want, here's the thing, because there's a theory, right, that, like, he's going to overdose and, like, kill himself. I don't want that to happen, because I feel like he's a good character to keep around, but I don't know if I want, he's shown so many times that he cannot pull off a win, no matter how hard he tries. He is just, like. Every time he he sets up the foundation so well, and then he doesn't do it. Like, I don't, so I think maybe that's it, that just, like, I just want to see him carry out one of these, like, plans of his that just never works ever um and like i don't know what happens because i swear we watch the whole like the whole show right we watch it and he sets up all these great things to be like i'm gonna win and then somehow it just doesn't pan out and i feel like we lose like where it doesn't pan out and he's just like well it's just like it's uh, the show like doesn't explain it except for it just like being logan like my favorite one of those is the first one in like season one episode six when Kendall tries to do, like, his hostile takeover at the board meeting yeah. and appoint himself, and he's like, well, these are the rules of the board meeting. This is what's going to happen. Oh, and so Logan's just vote. like, I don't care. And Logan, yeah, Logan's just like, no, I don't, like, we're not going to do that. Like, yeah. I'm going to stay in the room. We're going to do it now. We're not going to, like, he just, like, yeah. and, like, Frank and Jerry are all, this is, the, you know, the rules of this, and, like, Ugh, just Jerry the, like, may, uh, immovability of like Logan that. Roy, like, we'll just always foil Kendall because, like, yeah. Kendall thinks that he's smart, but Logan's just, like, um, immovable and like we'll do whatever he has to do to stay on top. And Logan's the only one with any sort of claim to any of it really. I mean like Yeah. What did Kendall do? I was thinking about like with the whole Jerry thing and how she's just like such a coward. She should be in my bottom 3. I don't know about coward. I think she's a coward. I think that like cuz she anytime she has like actual feelings about anything, she still doesn't do anything about it. But but Jerry's that is like selfish. The one character other cowards. than Logan, to some extent, who I think, like, I think you, you get the most, like, window into her thinking in, what is it, season three, the last episode? Yeah. When Roman goes to her after they try and betray Logan, and he says, like, Jerry, is there anything you can do? And she tells him two things. She says, like, um, I'm, like, a fiduciary who's doing what's best for the shareholder, which is always her motivation because she right. has no hope of doing the big job. So she really just That's does true. the job that she has now well. But then she also says, she repeats over and over again, like, the first thing that she said to Roman when she, like, kind of took him under his wing for a minute which is like how does this advance my personal interest like what does this do for my interest and so at the same time like um she's like very like singularly minded about like doing things for herself and not for others and like is frustrated when roman doesn't see that but also like she's not what she's doing for herself is kind of for the company so it's like a weird like paradox there that speech to roman but um yeah. I feel like that's the only time you get, like, a real window into her thinking. For sure. Talking about Roman, you know, we were, we were like, saying, like, last night that season four might be a Roman season. 
Mm. What do you think about that? Because um, I, d- I feel like every episode is a ro- like sometimes it's a Roman episode, but I don't think we've gotten like a full season of just like Roman wins. I mean, I think that like season three was a really big yeah. season for him, like when Logan kind of uh, lets him have a little bit more responsibility and he starts yeah. like working more closely with him and like trying to do these deals with Logan until. And then, I mean, he gets a lot of development because I like the analogy that like. Uh, I forget who, I think it was either like Mark Malloy or Jesse Armstrong, like the producers yeah. said in one of those like behind the scenes things last season, which that like um, at the end when like uh, Logan says like, I know you, you guys are trying to betray me, but like you can come under my wing, Roman. It's okay. Um, and Roman stands his ground and he says like, no, like we're together in this. It's like just the polar opposite of that awful moment in season one at the board meeting when like Roman's gonna vote to take out Logan and then he like pulls down his it's like the whole like are you sniffing your armpit Romulus and then he takes down his hand and like doesn't betray him and so like I think he got a lot of development between then and the yeah. between what season one episode six and the end of season three mm-hmm. um and so like I don't know I mean I hope they do more with him in season four but I don't know if it'll focus that exclusively on him I feel like there's so much focus on the sort of Tom Logan Shiv relationship yeah, that triangle. I think that's gonna be great. Um, one of the predictions that I also had was like, because they they did say there's gonna be a death in mm. this season. Wait, where who said that? I'm pretty sure I don't know. One of the producers said oh, there's really? gonna be a death. Ooh. So I'm thinking, because that w- that's what made people think that Kendall was gonna yeah. die. I think it's gonna be Logan. Really? I think it's gonna wrap because you know there was this video of all the cast members talking about like how would you describe season four and a lot of them said like satisfying like mm. everything's like gonna come together sort of thing and i feel like for that to happen logan has to die they name a successor well i mean like i guess that makes sense i right? think it In, can like, be satisfying sort of, like, without, full circle yeah. narrative where like the first one ends with you thinking he might die and then he finally does die at the end but also like the kendall thing it's just been foreshadowed so much with every season there's like some manner of death with Kendall, whether yeah. it's, like, at the end of season one with the car crash, uh, or the, like, suicide at the end of, or attempted suicide at the end of season three. Yeah. Um, or, like, uh, at the end of season two, I mean, he doesn't die, but Logan basically kills him, telling him he's gonna go to prison. Right. Um, which is, like, his death, in a way, because, like, you know, he's told, like, you're not gonna have anything that you, the thing that you've always wanted, and, like, he goes off onto that boat into the sunset. That felt very death-like. Yeah, um, that's true. So I guess it's kind of foreshadowed in a way. I see why people think that, but yeah, I don't know. I could also see them just like killing off somebody random. Too. Greg, <laughs> who knows? They're like, you know what? <laughs> that would be really tough. That'd be a hard sell. I don't think that'd be satisfying. On board. Yeah, no. I mean, you don't have to. But this is last season. Yeah, I guess if it ends that way. How you do know, you feel about it being weird. last season? Um, you know, obviously it's disappointing because you want more of it, but I also right. I like that it's not being dragged. Like it's like if they feel that. They need, what, we nine episodes left to, like, finish yeah. the story, and then it's over. I appreciate that it's not. Because, I mean, it's so successful with, like, the audience, critically, commercially, I'm right. sure. Or, I mean, I don't know. It's probably very expensive to produce, given that they're in some new exotic location every episode, it's which is my favorite part. Yeah, no, that, I like, like the change of scene. Every episode time. is just, like, them having the same conversations over and over again, but you, like, but separate them in your head because it's, like, this one's at this conference in Canada, and this one's yeah. at. You know, Are you talking about the like Italy? Odd but, um, one? That one's one of my favorite episodes. That's a great episode where they have like the panel and everything. Yeah, and it's just but isn't so it cool awkward. how you can differentiate these episodes where they're just talking about the same deals and mergers every time? Yeah. just by the like. Anyway, what was I? Um, so sorry. Yeah, you no. Know, at any like, if they think they need nine more 
locations and like little conversations to wrap it up. I appreciate that it's not just going to go on. Yeah, I'd rather them kill it than like because we, me and Jade, in our last episode, we talked about sequels mm. and how we need to just let things die sometimes. And I think that this will be good because then they won't run it out of ideas. Yeah, well, and I'm also excited too because like obviously on the creative side, I'm sure they'll do something next that'll be similarly incredible. But all yeah. of these actors that are like. Um, I think could become like forever tied to this. I'm excited to see, uh, especially like uh, Kieran Culkin, who like yeah. I don't think has was doing that much work before right. this, and now like has shown like what an incredible performer he is. So I'm excited right. for them to be able to go and like branch out and do different stuff, and because the whole cast, like a, a, all of the family, and even the smaller roles, like just like the company people, um, are all incredible. So I'm excited for them to be able to go do different things and become like bigger. Definitely, and like Matthew McFadden, like who yeah. plays Tom. He's had a great career before with, like, Pride and Prejudice and stuff. And I was always saying I have a personal bias maybe towards Tom because of Mr. Darcy. But I think that, like, it's shown that he can do different roles. I don't know. I'm excited that, like, everyone else is probably going to get more. Maybe he'll break out that incredible American accent again. It's so true. unbelievable. And it's such a pretentious American accent. It's so good. It's so good. And uh, Sarah Snook, too, is also a foreigner. Yep, She's Australian. Australian. She's got a real strong accent that so we've never true. known on the show. They all do a, well, that's probably coming through on the microphone. It's okay. Person. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's uh, fine. Not a pro. <laughs> but I want to talk to you before we end the episode with real drama about the show that happened. Is real drama? Yes. So Brian Cox <laughs> made fun of, uh, who plays uh, Logan, mm-hmm. made fun of Jeremy Strong for his method acting on set. Uh, saying that he was effing annoying and it was American S-word. Really? Yes, and that he also said that he should just go to back to his trailer and take a, take a hit of marijuana instead. <laughs> oh. I feel like that's so Logan Roy of <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of fitting. Maybe and, he's method acting. And I also do like that, like, the whole publicity campaign around, like, Succession, where, like, I, I don't know how many shows are doing, like, active, like, press print media campaigns yeah but it's so fitting that all of the publicity is done in these like lengthy magazine profiles it's so true for like gq and the new yorker and stuff and like jeremy strong's gq is so good it's just like those like like it's the perfect format for that show and like the way that people engage with it like i think that like if people are engaging with this show that's just like very long and in-depth and also very much about that world of like traditional media yeah um I do love that they embrace that in, like, the publicity. And so I keep seeing, like, I'll see these headlines about, like, so-and-so said this in this profile. And, like, I think all of, even, like, um, Cousin Greg has his own, like, uh, some, I think it's, like, the, not New Yorker, but the New York Magazine, which I guess is getting shut down now, but it's not, I don't know. Um, but, um, I don't know, or maybe layoffs or something. It, it's a bleak world. Anyway. It's a um, bleak world. But, yeah, they all get these glossy profiles, and I think it's really cool. Yeah. That's. I just want to tell you a little bit of real drama as well. Yeah. Um, so tell me what's cooking on Speaking campus desk, Alex. Newspapers. As yeah, we're wrapping up here. Any opportunity to plug my work. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, last week wrote a little something about the uh, the shelter in place that went on. There was some confusion among student and faculty about mm-hmm. uh, the. Na- I think it was the way that the alert was written and the way that it was timed was confusing where people weren't sure what they were being instructed to do yeah. uh, and MSUPD was not really able to explain it uh, or you know explain the decision making behind it. You can give that a read. Coming up later mm-hmm. this week for Campus Desk, uh, the Quinn Emanuel report is set to be released uh, by Friday so that for those following the whole Gupta Woodruff board yeah. cycle around MSU's presidency, 
Um, you know, the board spent over a million dollars now uh, on that law firm's report. So, you know, there should be some interesting findings in there. Um, or maybe not. That remains to be oh. seen. Nice. Big news day. So, yeah, big news day when that, you know. So one day this week's going to be a big news day. But yeah, thank you for having me on of House Lights. Of course. Great to Wait, to wrap up, who's your favorite character? My favorite character? Mine's Tom Moore Roman. Hmm. I think I, I have the least favorite character, and it's tied for all of them. That's so. not helpful. All right, okay. it's great to have you on today, Alex. It was great to be on today. Uh, yeah, next week, by the way, get ready for it. Me and Jaden are going to do a celebrity fight bracket. Fun. Like um, a physical fight? Yeah, like physical oh. fights. Or, well, there's, like, ones that, like, I'm starting to write a little bit. Like, like there's, a, there's a joke bracket, too. It's, like, Gwyneth Paltrow versus one McDonald's French fry. Mm. But, like, the rest of them are, like, physical fights. Are you talking about the Gwyneth Paltrow trial? Yeah. It's interesting stuff. Anyway. I don't think we can fit it in this one. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of House Lights. <laughs> yeah. Roll the outro. Roll the outro. Is there an outro? Yep. All right. Thanks Roll for tuning it. in.